0: It's a joy uh, to be with you again, sharing from God's word together uh, this day. I uh, had the privilege of preaching last Sunday as well. and I don't believe it was in this service. I think it might have been in the, the 930 service, but we're continuing in our, our, our theme of devoted, the Bible, marriage, and the family. And last week's uh, passage was on how husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and uh, before reading the passage of scripture, I made the boneheaded statement of, well, I'm just glad I'm not preaching wives, submit to your husbands and proceeded to preach that passage and then on Tuesday, Wade came to me and said, Jason, I need you to preach again on Sunday. I don't know that I'm gonna be up for it, where I'm gonna be and I said, all right, well, what passage? And he said, wives, submit to your husbands. <laughs> So here we are, and I have the privilege and God's sovereignty to preach this passage, share this truth with you today, and it is good to be able to do so. And once again, we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about God's plan for marriage. We could go to a bookstore and grab every book off the shelf. We could go call Dr. Phil and ask his opinion, but none of that matters because what matters is what God says When it comes to marriage and so that's what we're going to look at today and even as followers of Christ I understand that sometimes maybe not everybody but some of our own wicked hearts We hear what God says and what his word says and it kind of grates against the flesh But we've got to determine What are we going to submit ourselves to what are we going to come under The messages of this world are the rule of God's word Because this world doesn't have it figured out And our own selfish hearts don't have marriage figured out, but God does. He's got a plan. He's got a way for it to operate. And so we would do well to look at his word and submit fully to it. And again, I would encourage you by way of introduction this morning to remind you that this is for all believers. Every person in the room, marriage is to be understood, honored, and supported by the church. You're to pray for marriages represented in our church and encourage people in it to understand the picture that it presents of the gospel. And uh, it's important within the church that we all uh, look at what scripture says to every aspect of, of life and godliness and following him and its call on marriage. You know, one of the things we talk about here at The Point and our discipleship groups and uh, in our church family is head, heart, hands. The head being that knowledge we need to grow in in terms of the word and understanding the richness of theological truths and the wisdom that's found there. We need to grow in our understanding and knowledge of the word. We need to grow in our hearts and character, being refined and sanctified, growing in character and following Christ. We need to grow strong in our arms and our hands and living in obedience to God's word, acting it out, allowing It to be fleshed out in our lives. I think sometimes the danger within the church body can be to huddle up in wonderful Bible studies that teach deep, wonderful truths and to grow in knowledge. But I think sometimes the danger is we can get better at quoting the theological truths of the first half of Ephesians than living obediently to the second half. And what God's calling us to do is to not merely be hearers of the word but to be these kind of doers that we're being called to to be in this passage in Ephesians. And then I would also encourage you men this morning that this should put a heavy weight on you as well. Last week, as I prepared in short notice to preach on husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church, the Lord absolutely wore me out because I don't love my wife as I should. I want to. I aspire to it. But I don't do it. I don't hit that target. I don't hit that mark. And so I was preaching from that position. But listen, guys, this passage that we're going to focus on today about wives loving your husbands should should land with some weight on you as well. Are you the kind of husband that a wife can find great joy in fulfilling this command? (laughs) Isn't the kind of time for you to sit back and kind of nudge the wife? Hey, I got mine last week. Your turn today. It's not the thrust of this passage. And I also just want to recognize again that there. I realize that there are so many different circumstances and situations represented in this room and failings that we've all had and hurts that we've all experienced. And I want the, the word To cut where it needs to cut. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. And it is to cut and to convict. But I also want to remind you of God's grace and the goodness of the gospel is sufficient for every hurt that you have. Every pain you've experienced. Every situation you might find yourself in. That God's grace is sufficient for you wherever you find yourself this morning. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to begin in verse... Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 22. And if you found your way there, I'd invite you to join me in standing out of honor and respect for the reading of God's word this morning, if you are physically able. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. May the Lord bless the reading and preaching of his word. You may be seated this morning. I read the whole passage, a little bit of a broader passage today than we're going to be focusing on. I I should have done so last week as well because, you know, what we're looking at is a, a broader picture that is given in this scripture, about the harmony of the household that is that is it is intended to have under the leadership of God. And uh, so I, I want to recognize that we're going to be looking at a pretty tight puzzle piece the how wives are to submit to their husbands. But this is to be held in a larger context of the household and the role that each has in that household. And even beyond that, you know, we're going to be looking at a specific aspect of marriage, but it's set in and introduced by a broader call to all believers, to all followers of Christ. And the beginning of chapter five says that we are to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. That's to be the posture of all believers towards other believers. The general love that we're supposed to have as brothers and sisters in Christ for one another loving one another and we're also to be filled by the spirit we can only accomplish this as we're filled by the spirit we're to walk in the spirit each and every one of us and then in verse 21 it talks about submission submitting to one another out of reverence for christ there's a general call for submission to one another that is held for all believers within the faith family, within the church, that we are to submit to one another. And it's a mutual submission that we owe to one another, serving one another, bearing one another's burdens, not seeking self-advancement or to be domineering over one another. But then now we're going to look at a more specific call of how that plays out. There's that general call, but specifically, specifically, how that plays out in the role of husband and wife and, uh, in that context as well. So we move from a general posture that all believers are to take to this specific husband to wife, wife to husband, then children to parent, parent to children. And so I just want to go ahead and begin right here at the beginning with my main point my one line if you need to jot it down at the side or in your bulletin here is the main point of this passage and then we'll look at it and break it down here it is wives submit to your husbands as you submit to Christ wives submit to your husbands as you submit to Christ and I want to emphasize this and I want to look at it and I want to begin not at the beginning of these three verses not at the end of these three verses I'm going to begin in the middle and the reason I'm going to begin in the middle is because I see sandwiched in between this call for wives to submit to husbands. And again, in verse 24, wives to submit to husband. I see a center that it has and that it points to. And I believe that is the, the, the place from which this kind of role can be played out with within the family and where the grace is there. And here is my first point that I'm going to get right from verse 23, is that Wives, you are to submit in everything, in every way, wholeheartedly, without question, to Jesus Christ. Submit to Christ in every area of your life. He is your Savior. He is your Lord. He loves you and he cares for you. He is the head of the church. He died for you. Submit in all things to Christ as King. That's the first call that I believe this is absolutely centered on here. In verse 23, it says that Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Christ is your savior. Bow your knee fully, submit to Christ in all things. This is the first and foremost calling on your life, to live a life submitted to Christ Jesus. I got to grow up in Scotland, and it was pretty cool being a little red-headed kid in Scotland growing up and going to elementary school and I had the privilege this summer of going back to Scotland and taking my boys and my wife to the place where I grew up in Wigton, Scotland in southwest part of Scotland in a little village there by the ocean. And In that little town where I lived, if you were to walk out the front door of the house that I grew up in and go to the, the town square. And then around by the town hall and walk down a little alley, there'd be the, the church that was there. The old church of Scotland dated from about the 16th, 15th or 16th century. Neat old church and building. And then in that churchyard, there was a cemetery with the coolest old graves kind of tilted and moss growing over them. And it was covered with hundreds of years of Folks that had passed away and been buried there and their headstones were there. And it was the most excellent place to play hide and seek. And I'd meet with my friends up there, especially when it started getting a little dark. And we'd have our flashlights. And we would play hide and seek in that cemetery. It was a safe little town. I don't think our house even had a lock on it. And getting to grow up there was so neat. And in the center of that cemetery, there's the graves of two women. They're both named Margaret. Margaret. One was 63 and one was 18. And they were put to death in May of 1685. And they're buried there in that little churchyard in Wigton. And the reason that they were killed, the reason they were put to death, these two women, is because they gathered together and they worshiped and they held to the fact that Christ and Christ alone is the head of the church. In a time when the King of England was saying, I am the head of the church, and anyone who says otherwise is to be put to death. And these two ladies would gather, they'd worship with others as well, and they would worship Jesus as they felt convicted looking at his word. And they were turned in one day as they gathered there and prayed, and they were put in the prison, in the jail there in Wigton. And they were condemned to death, to be put to death at by being tied to a stake down in the harbor that you can see from that cemetery, that you can see from the church, and there's a stake marking the place today. And that 63-year-old Margaret was taken out and tied to a stake at low tide, and the water rose, and it rose, and it rose, and they were trying to maybe give some opportunity for the younger Margaret to recant, and so they drowned the older of the two first, and she was drowned. And then they tied the 18-year-old there as the water continued to rise. And young Margaret uh, was asked, will you pray for the king? And she said, I pray for the salvation of all men and the damnation of none. And then they said, well, you recant. Will you say that the king is the head of the church? And she said, Christ is my king, let go of me. And they pushed her under, and they drowned her. That's the kind of submission that we are to have. Ladies, submission is not weakness. Submission is not weakness, it's a willingness. It is a strong willingness that you have to choose to say, where are you gonna submit? And I would tell you first and foremost in all things, submit to Christ in every single area of your life. Submit like those two ladies. To the point of death, that Christ is my King, I will bow my knee to no other. He is Lord, He is King. And as we continue to look at this passage, if you enter into this with that kind of heart, that kind of attitude, that kind of life, and that is your foundation, you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. You might not be tied to a stake, ladies, but this world is gonna tell you to submit to so many things. It's going to pressure you to submit to the latest trend, expectation. It's going to present standards to you that it tells you to meet up to. Don't submit to the things of this world, ladies. Wives, do not submit to the things of this world. And don't submit to your own heart. We all got wicked hearts. We're all sinners. Hearts deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart will want to pressure you to try and grab control of things and manipulate and control this and control that. Don't do it. Don't submit to your own heart where it is not aligned with Christ. Don't submit to the world around you. Submit to Christ as king in your life in all things. And I believe that by doing that, there's a thousand and one what ifs when it comes to this kind of passage that I'm sharing today. Well, what about if he's this? What about if this comes up? Or what about if this happens? I don't have time and I don't have the answers to answer those a million what ifs that might be floating around in different situations. But I know this, that if you will submit to Christ as Lord of your life, I believe with all my heart that those things will disappear and melt away or God will give you the grace and the discernment and wisdom to know what to do in those 1001 situations that might arise in your marriage. He will, he will. So the first call of this passage for every one of us, and in right here, particularly you wives, ladies, Submit to Christ fully, willingly, all of you. It's not weakness. This kind of submission that we're going to be talking about is not weakness. Jesus modeled it as he willingly submitted to the Father, right? That's the kind of picture that we're talking about right here today. In this same verse right here in the center of this passage, it says, As Christ is the head of the church, so the husband is to be the head of the family as Christ is the head of the church, so the husband is to be the head of the family, the head of the wife. Well, that sounds real old fashioned. And I would say, yes, it does, because yes, it is. It's so old fashioned. It goes all the way back before this church in Ephesus. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in creation. God created man and gave him leadership, gave him stewardship, gave him responsibility, and gave him work. There's a role that God created. And then he looked at him and said, man, he needs a helpmate. He needs somebody to walk with this. It's not good for man to be alone. And so what did God do? He created for him a helpmate. Head and helper. This relationship pattern that we're looking at in scripture, it is not the result of sin. It's impacted by it, but it's not. This is God's prescribed plan for the family from the very foundations, from creation itself. It's been impacted by sin, but it's not, this is not God looking around and saying, oh, these marriages, man, they are in a hot mess. What am I gonna do? I gotta come up with some rules. I'm gonna come up with a plan. Uh, guys, you're to lead, wives, you're to submit, children. you're. To lead. That's not what God did. He set it in place at the very beginning. This is God's plan for harmony within the marriage. And guys, I just want to tell you that this is under attack. It's been under attack since the very beginning. Because what happened there in Genesis chapter three in the fall, right? The garden, being tempted. Yeah, you can do it, you can take it, you can eat it, it's not gonna be, you're gonna be fine. And Eve took of that and ate, and sin and brokenness entered into the world. And where was Adam? It says he was right there with her. But what did he not do? He didn't say a word. The silence of Adam contributed to the fall more than we, I think, realize. Oh, that he would have said, honey, come with me. Come away from this lie. And ever since that time, Satan is still doing the same thing. Gentlemen, to you today, he's telling you to be quiet. Hush up. Take a back seat. Don't lead. You just... Stay quiet, just like he did. And he's doing the same thing, wives, that he is seeking to do today. He's saying, don't submit to Christ. Don't submit to God's good plan. Don't submit to that. Look, this other way looks so good. Satan wants to come after our marriages and our families, and he's using the same trick that he did on day one, and he's still doing it today, and he's going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So be aware, heads up, looking at what Scripture says about how we can guard against it. Ladies, how do you guard against it? Submit to Christ in everything. All of you, always. All right, but you're not only called to submit to Christ, there's a call here to submit to your own husband. Right in the center of this, Christ savior, Christ head of the church, that is sandwiched right in between a very clear call. Wives, submit to your husbands. Verse 22. Verse 24. Wives, submit to your husbands. I've been trying to come up with a definition of the submission because we're talking about it, thinking about, well, what is this submission that scripture is talking about right here? What does that look like? Here's what I got for you. It's a respectful yielding of oneself to the loving leadership of another. A respectful yielding of oneself to the loving leadership of another to willingly function under and in cooperation with the husband's leadership. Willingly function under and in cooperation with the husband's leadership. Again, within the church, there's this general call to submit to one another as believers. But here, there is this specific call, wives, this particular call to submit to your own husbands. And I would tell you as well that this submit right here that you see in this passage, in these verses, it is not the same as what you see in chapter six with children obey your parents. It is not the same as what you see with bond, servant and master. It is not the same the same thing. Wives, you are equal to your husbands in value, and worth, and how God sees you, how he loves you, how he cares for you, how he saved you. Your value is, is equal in every way, shape, and form to how he might look at husbands and wives. This is not talking about equality in any way, shape, or form. Created in God's image, we are all, every person in this room has been created in God's image, loved and valued and cherished by God. There is no spiritual distinction between believers. Ain't nobody more saved, more valuable, of more worth in the Father's eyes because of their gender. We are loved. There's no spiritual distinction between believers. Galatians 3, 28. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no male or female for you are all. you are all one. In Christ Jesus. No spiritual distinction. Wives you don't belong to him. Any more or less than he belongs to you. We belong to one another. In absolute equality. My wife can look around this room. Today. And she can look at me. And she can say he belongs to me. And the same way I can look around this room. And I can say. Her right there. She belongs to me. We belong to each other in an equal and wonderful way. This in no way implies inferiority or ability. There are many ways where your wife will have greater ability than you. And for some of us, there are many, many, many ways that our wives will have greater ability than us in so many different areas. This is not, as we talk about submission, any, way shape or form related to value ability intelligence any of those things this is about the harmonizing role that God intends for each person to play within the family that it might glorify him and point to the gospel that's what we're talking about that's what we're looking at today submission this deferring to the husband's responsibility as and role as leader of the family for the health and harmony of the marriage relationship and listen this isn't bad it's beautiful. I don't know how your heart kind of approaches this and how you read this, but this is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's God's ordained plan. I took my family to the, uh, the Orpheum, to the theater up in Memphis, and we saw a symphony. It was very classy, very cultural, it was great. We went and saw the Memphis Symphony Orchestra, and they played, uh, what was it, what would they play? Four Seasons by Vivaldi, that's what it was. We saw Vivaldi's Four Seasons, which is a beautiful piece of music. It was kind of an educational type evening and they had uh, the different things introduced and they would have like the lead violin playing something, a theme that you're gonna hear in the piece. And in in and of its own right, that was a beautiful instrument as it played. And they had like an oboe play and it played its part. That was going to highlight certain things and aspects of the music and then another instrument and it was beautiful each one in its own right but when those came together in harmony what a beautiful piece it was to hear all those parts being played out together and I just think that's kind of an illustration that there was a time in my life when I was all by myself playing my own instrument sounded pretty good I had My piece that I was playing, I was seeking to love and follow Jesus, serve him. And there in northern Thailand, I met a beautiful lady from Hernando, Mississippi, who was seeking to love and follow Jesus. And she was playing her instrument over there. And God led us together. And he wants us to play together in harmony. Having each one having its own role. And then God blessed us with a child. And that child was supposed to bring in their beautiful instrument of obedience and obeying their father and mother, first time obedience with a happy heart. And then another child came in playing their instrument and harmonizing. Well, and some of y'all are building a whole orchestra out there. That's good, that's fine. But listen, we get out of tune sometimes, don't we? We get out of whack, and I'm playing mine, and they're playing it. And it's like we need to come back to the conductor. And he says, Wait, from the top again. And that's what God's word is. It's to conduct our lives, to bring us back and looking at how we can live harmoniously in the plan that God has for the family. And listen, this world can't offer you that and your own heart can't offer you that, but God's word can. And I would encourage you to listen again to the voice and the timing of your conductor who is Christ Jesus. This is a beautiful thing that Paul is calling these believers to. And it's a completely new thing It was a completely new thing. Can you imagine these folks, these husbands and wives and families there gathering together in Ephesus and somebody coming in and saying, hey, meet tonight, six o'clock. We got a scroll. Paul wrote us a letter. And they open up this letter to the Ephesians and they begin reading it and discovering these incredible truths, theological truths that is being presented to them. Their letter from their, their friend The one who brought the gospel to them, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And then they get to this part about how there's a walk in unity and in love and filled with the Spirit, submitting to one another. And then they get to this part about the role of wives and of husbands, husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church, and wives submitting and seeking to follow as the church follows Christ. Their jaws must have dropped This was entirely new for that day and age, and I submit to you that it still is today in this world. Greek, Roman, and Jewish culture did not value women. This is a radically new and beautiful teaching. There were were Jewish leaders who would begin their prayers by saying, thank you God, I'm not a Gentile, a woman, or a slave. Women were not valued, they could be cast off, divorced with just a certificate. They were not valued, and here, Paul says, love like this, husbands. Wives, follow like this. Come together like this for the unity and of, the, of your marriage and to the glory of God. This was totally foreign, but it was beautiful. There is This in no way, God in no way is pushing down the value of anybody. He is raising up the family as it is intended to be. It calls for the wife to be the recipient of sacrificial love. And then... I want us to consider briefly the motivation and model that this submission is to be based on. Again, this is all flowing as Christ is head of your life. But it's to be done, look at verse 22, as unto the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. This submission is to be an expression, an illustration of the submission that we're to have to the Lord. It's it's to be carried out as unto the Lord, lovingly, joyfully given, given, And I just remind you that this kind of submission we're talking about, it's a precious gift for you to give. It's a gift to be given as unto the Lord. You know, I can't, and it's not, it can't be teased apart, our our relationship with God and our spouse, our vertical and our horizontal. I can't say, oh, I love the Lord. I love him. I'm following him, but I don't really love my wife. I'm submitted to God in every area of my life, but I'm not willing to submit to the, my husband's leadership in my life. These things cannot be pulled apart. They are together. So it is to be done as unto the Lord, and it's to be done as the church submits to Christ. How does the church submit to Christ? We seek to follow him, bring honor, respect, encourage the 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 elevation and the the role within the family. As Christ submits to the church, verse 24, now as the church, I mean, as the the church submits to Christ, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should submit to their husbands. Have the same attitude and submission as the Christ, as the church does towards Christ, not from bitterness or resentment, but in love. And then just one other word I want to highlight real quick that I have not touched on. It says, in everything. You see that? Wives submit in everything to their husbands. This is to be all-encompassing within marriage, and every aspect of the husband and wife relationship. Not in some things, not in certain things, not in areas I've chosen. This can't be, all right, I'm going to submit to my husband, cooperate with him, work together with him in every area. But that's finances, uh-uh. I'm gonna do my own thing. Or how about with parenting? I'm, I'm gonna cooperate with my husband. I'm gonna come alongside him. But when it comes to parenting, we just don't, we're just not on the same page. That's not the call. Remember that the two become one flesh, coming together in every aspect of your marriage. Husbands, you're to love your wife. In every aspect of your marriage, coming together, wives, working, supporting together, cooperating, submitting to the leadership of the husband in the family. So that's what the Word says as we look to it this morning. It's not what the world says, it's not what our own hearts say, but it's what the Word of God says. And we've got to choose are we going to submit to the Word or are we going to submit to the world? And God's Word is clear and what it calls us to do. But I wanna also mention some things that submission does not mean. This is not a call for all women to submit to all men. It says, to your own husband. Guys, you don't have authority over my wife. Wives, you don't have to submit to every man. This is a specific call in the relationship of husband and wife about how that's to operate. Now, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're always seeking to put preferences aside and encourage one another. But this is very specific about the marriage relationship. This is not talking about all men and all women. It's talking about the marriage. Next, I would say that in your submission, do not sin. Here's what I mean by that. You follow Christ. If your husband is leading you into a place that you know is sin, you respectfully say, No, I'm not going to go there. That sin, Christ is my king, I am going to honor him, and I will not be a part of that. And you can do that respectfully, and then you can do it firmly and say, No. Wives, this is not a call to participate in or be coerced into something that you know is not of God. Submission does not mean silence. You've got a voice. You've got a lot of wisdom, ladies. My wife has been loving and seeking to follow Jesus for many years. She's given discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I'd be a fool not to have a conversation with her and talk to her and listen and communicate. This is not a call to silence within the home. Submission does not dictate certain tasks or roles. Guys, don't judge me. When you ride by my house and you see my wife pushing the mower in the yard, she likes to mow. From time to time, she likes getting the mower out and sweating a little bit, putting her earbuds in, listening to some music, and mowing. And I say, bless you, honey. Mow, mow, mow. More mowing. Mow, mow, mow. This is not talking about specific roles within the household. It's not what this is about, it's about the heart. It's about the relating to one another, cooperating together, harmonizing. This is not servitude. Submission does, is not servitude and it does not tolerate abuse. If there's abuse going on, you let somebody know and right quick. That is not what this is talking about in any way, shape, or form. But... The call is there. Submit to Christ. Submit to your husbands as he lovingly leads. And men, that is what God has called us to do. Love your wives like Jesus loves you. Men, love your wives like Jesus loves you. Walk worthy. Don't take advantage of this passage or abuse it. Walk worthy. Live in such a way that you live are living a life worth following. As you seek to follow Jesus, Invite your wife, come alongside, let's follow Jesus. Let's live the gospel together, honey. Hey, today, let's live the gospel together. Let me love you sacrificially. Live the gospel with me today. Husbands, love your wife like Jesus loves you. Make these verses an absolute joy for your spouse. And when they read this, they would say, happily. This is a joy for me because my husband is loving me like Christ loves his bride Your marriage is your testimony. It's an illustration of the gospel. The chief end of marriage is to glorify God. It's not about your happiness. It's about your holiness. The chief end of marriage is to glorify glorify God. It's to be a gospel picture. It's intended to drive us to Christ and illustrate the gospel. Marriage drives you to Christ and it illustrates the gospel. I would love for one of you ladies in here to run into somebody at Walmart and on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whatever, and they say, how are you able to do it? How are you making it in your marriage? How is it that you guys seem to be doing good in, in your marriage? And you can say, well, my husband loves me like Jesus. And I'm seeking to follow him like Christ does the church. And see what kind of response you get on aisle, aisle 12 when you say that. And how it might open up a picture and an opportunity to share the gospel. It's to be a gospel picture. Christian wives are to give a picture of the church to the world. Ladies, wives, what kind of picture are you giving? What kind of picture are you presenting to the world with your marriage? Men, how well is it communicating Christ's loving leadership? Wives, how well does it illustrate the church faithfully following Christ? See, God's plan is to be able to say, hey, you wanna see how my son loves my people? Look at marriage. Hey, you wanna see how my people love and follow me? Look at marriage. That's what we are to strain after. That's the goal, that's the aspiration. But listen, there is no perfect marriage. Pastor Wade doesn't have a perfect marriage, I don't. There's not a single perfect marriage in this room. That one's yet to come when Christ comes for his bride. We're found to be without blemish, without stain, and he takes us to reign and be with him forever and ever. But until that day, this is what we strive towards in our marriage and what we pray for in our church family, what we encourage, what we look to. But we need grace to do it. Can't white knuckle it, can't grit your teeth, To get you there, we need grace. And ladies, any encouragement, any progress that any of you make in this is going to be a gift of grace. And men, the same. It's a gift of grace. And when you fail, say, Lord, I need your grace because I want to love like I'm called to love. I want to follow like I'm called to follow. And trust that his grace will be sufficient for the day. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your word We're grateful for your ways. And Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We need your grace to be able to walk accordingly. We cannot do it on our own. Each one of us is a sinful person. And we bring that to the table. We bring it into our relationships. And it affects how we interact. But Lord, we want to strive towards your plan and purpose for marriage because we want it to be a picture, an illustration, a wonderful testimony of the gospel that has so changed us. So help us, Father. Help each person in here to do that. Lord, I pray for the marriages represented in this room, Lord, that you would bind them up, strengthen them. I pray for some that might be hurting, might be thinking about even giving up. Lord, be close, be near. Show them the beautiful picture of your plan and help them to strive after that, Lord. We pray for marriages. I pray for those in here who are hurting different things, different experiences, that your grace would be sufficient today to, my, to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal, to, to help. And Lord, may we as a church be obedient in following you, our head, Christ, and lifting his name high. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.